when people find out who I am and that I was alive during those days, they ask many questions. And I don't often have the same experience. When I try to remember those days, I feel differently every time that I'm asked. There's not really a story that I have, like a pat narrative that I can tell. It's much more like a mosaic where there's a picture here, a strong emotion there, a glimmer of something over there, just a general energy associated with a certain set of time. And while my experience and the memories that come to my mind first are always different, there is one thing that I can start out by telling you. And that is the general fever of those days. It wasn't only among those in Jerusalem, those where the temple was. It wasn't only among those who were labeled extremists, living out in the caves in the wilderness. It wasn't just among the poor people and the needy who were desperately looking for a way out. It wasn't just among us leaders who were growing rather tired of Roman oppression. The fever, the anticipation of the coming Messiah had reached a level which was almost unsustainable. And it had been climbing for at least 200 years. It started with the Maccabees. We had been under oppression from this foreign government. And then there arose, seemingly according to the prophecies, a priestly and a royal figure who delivered the Jews and purified the temple. This got people thinking, Messiah? And from that time on, over and over and over again, Messiah? Are you the coming one? Everyone was asking that question. But the problem was is that God had been silent for going on 400 years now. And that was kind of a big part of being the Messiah. And it was something that the Maccabees did not claim for themselves to speak for God. And so then John the Baptist shows up 
And many start going out to him. And he is a prophet. And he claims to speak for God. And Messiah? And then Jesus of Nazareth. Messiah? This was the time into which Jesus of Nazareth came. But it wasn't just claims of the Messiah. It wasn't just his claim to be the deliverer of Israel. What Jesus of Nazareth claimed was far more He claimed to be the Son of God. And even among those longing for a Messiah, this was a tough pill to swallow. And for those of my like in the Sanhedrin, this is blasphemy. And so I, along with them, had my skepticism. And we heard the stories, things, wonders happening out in the wilderness, crowds following this itinerant preacher all around. But when he came to Jerusalem, there seemed to be no deliverer figure. And surely not when he stood before us in that courtroom. This, the Son of God, this the Deliverer, this the Messiah we've been waiting for for thousands of years. And it wasn't in that courtroom that I realized it. But it was in that courtroom that I had one of those strong impressions which has stayed with me. There was the one claiming to be God. There was the one claiming to be our deliverer. The fulfillment of all the prophecies. And where is he? He's standing trial before those he's supposedly coming to save. Helpless in the hands of those whose sins he would forgive. Surrounded by wild beasts. Just can't wait to devour him. To put him to death. To be rid of the one Who is their God? And as they brought the trumped up charges. And as they mocked him. I stood silent. And as their hands reached out to strike him. I kept my hands to myself and did not stop them. And when the mob led him out 
to the hill. My feet went right along with them. And it wasn't until standing there as he was stretched out on the cross that I realized it. And maybe it's something, an experience, a revelation that you have had as well. There is something about Jesus on the cross. In the midst of that darkness, in that cry that rends the heavens, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There's something in the way that he dies and gives up his last breath. That I knew. And it wasn't my lips that said it, but a man who knew nothing about our God or our religion. And when he saw that, he said, Surely, this man was the Son of God. That scene broke a hole in my heart. And now, these lips, which had denied him with silence, and these hands which had denied him by holding back, and these feet which had denied him by following the mob, now had a new desire to confess him. Once I had seen the Son of God. And so, these hands and these feet and these lips set to the humble service to take down that body from the cross. And as my hands were covered in that blood, and as my hands touched those hands from which life had just been flowing out to every hit, sick and hurting individual, from those lips which good news had come to the poor. From those feet which had walked miles and miles. For me. Now dead. I understood. That that death. Was for me. And the blood that was now on my hands had washed me clean. That is probably the biggest takeaway. 
from those days and from my direct involvement with Jesus of Nazareth. And it's something that I have plenty of opportunity to remember day in and day out as I live. Is that it's not easy to confess the Son of God. Everyone wants a different Savior. And that everything that I say or do not say, everything that my hands find to do or refrain from doing, every place my feet go, every person that my feet follow in their path either confesses the Son of God or it denies Him. And it may seem difficult as the Son of God stands on trial and as He hangs on the tree and as He is not here, it's all too easy to deny Him. But when you see Him as He is and you hear those words from His mouth, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the Father and coming on the clouds of heaven with all his holy ones to gather his elect from the four winds of the earth. When you see that, Jesus, I hope and pray that your lips sing his praise and your hands confess him in everything they do. And your feet follow him. And not the false hope. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Asking you to open the eyes of our hearts. Show us this Jesus. Your son. Show us him crucified and risen, him living and dying for us. God, give us the boldness to confess that truth, that Messiah, that Savior with our lips and our hands and our feet and all our lives and all that we do. May we proclaim that God to the world. Heavenly Father, we ask that this be so as long as you give us grace and breath on this earth. We ask all these things confident, covered and cleansed in his blood. Amen. Please join me in Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my heavenly father, through Jesus Christ, your dear son, that you have graciously kept me this day. Forgive me all my sins and graciously keep me this night. Into your hands I commend my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen.